Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Jesus said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. There's a lot of people in our society today would say that these words are harsh. They're judgmental. They're not compassionate. They don't understand people's lived reality. In fact, there's also a lot of Christians who would probably say that. Even some Catholics. But can we really say that about the the explicit direct words of our Lord Jesus Christ? Can we really say that something that he taught us is somehow harsh or too difficult or impossible or doesn't understand the human condition? No, we can't say that because Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. He is love incarnate. He is mercy incarnate. He is the creator of our humanity. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So why are his words so often incredibly challenging to us? And why are they so difficult for so many people to accept? Well, for the same reason, they were difficult for the people of his own time to accept. It's because of the hardness of our hearts. It's because we're not open to the truth of God because of our experience of our broken humanity and our experience with sin. We become conditioned to think that sin is normal. right? And it's not. Jesus He points us back to the beginning that says that that was not God's original plan. That in the beginning, God created them male and female. And a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two become one. He says it's because of the hardness of your hearts, right, that, that Moses permitted divorce. But this is not part of God's original plan. And it's not part of his plan for us in Christ. Because in Christ, we have been redeemed and we have access to the grace that enables us to do what our own humanity cannot do. See, God's grace enables us to rise above what we're capable on our own and to live according to God's law and to keep his commandments, which can often be quite challenging. But we want to be so careful that we don't judge Jesus's words according to our own fallen humanity or according to our own experience in life, but that we have the humility and the faith to accept what our Lord teaches us, to believe that it is true, to believe that he gives us the grace to fulfill what he asks of us, and to also believe that he always offers us mercy and forgiveness if in any way we have fallen short of that calling.
We're called to respond uh, to the challenges of our Lord uh, with humility and with faith, not seeking to maybe water it down or make it easier for us in the real struggles of life, because God's grace is abundant and enables us to do, as I said, what we cannot do on our own. And so we need to confront these difficult words of our Lord and allow them to challenge us, to challenge our, our, our notions and our opinions, and to accept this truth. I want to briefly just go through some of our Catholic faith, some of our beliefs about marriage, and kind of on the flip side about divorce, because that's what the gospel gives us today. And we have to strive to understand what our Lord teaches us and why. But just to always point out in the beginning that nothing that Jesus says and nothing that the church says is about judgment or condemnation or pointing fingers. It's not about that. And if that's our attitude, then we ourselves are in need of conversion and mercy. The words of our Lord, it's about the truth. Because love speaks the truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that heals us. And so as difficult as it can be for us, we need to hear the truth, right, about God's will for marriage. The, the, the teaching of the church on marriage and as a kind of a flip side on divorce uh, is first and foremost based upon our gospel today, right? Jesus points us back to the beginning. What was God's plan? God is the author of marriage. And Jesus goes on to add something that we don't actually find in Genesis. He gives his own uh, explicitly Christian teaching on marriage. He says, therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. This is the key truth, that the bond of marriage that is formed between a husband and a wife when they enter into a valid marriage, that bond is something that is established by God himself which means that no human being has the authority to undo it, right? The spouses don't have the power or the authority to break that bond of marriage because it's formed by God. And likewise, the government does not have the power or authority right, to break the bond of marriage that has been established by God himself. And this is why we believe that marriage is indissoluble, right? It's unable to be dissolved by any human authority, even the church, right? But that the bond of marriage is ended only by death. I want to, before I get into a little bit about divorce, I do want to just offer, there are a couple caveats that are important to keep in mind. The church actually does teach that in extreme situations where there might be some type of abuse involved in a marriage, that it is actually licit and acceptable for the spouses to separate from that situation of abuse, right? The church does allow that, and there could even be justification uh, for a civil divorce in those situations. But that does not undo the bond of marriage, And so even though that couple may legitimately separate and may even legitimately get civilly divorced, they're still married in the eyes of God if it was, in fact, a valid marriage. 
Another important caveat is that right, marriage involves two people and divorce involves two people. But it's not always the case that both people want to get divorced. Right? Sometimes it's imposed upon one of the spouses and they don't want it. But just because of the situation of our society, there's nothing they can do about it. Right? But if, if that one party wants nothing to do with the divorce, if they want the marriage to stay together, they're obviously not culpable for the divorce. We don't blame them. Right? And so I just want to offer those two important caveats. But with that in mind, we need to kind of boldly say in the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ right, that divorce is wrong. It's a sin. It's not part of God's plan. It's not according to his will. Right? Because when two people get married, they make a solemn vow before God to be faithful. Right? Till death do, they, do them part. And so we, we need to hold that up because our society has come to just accept it as something normal, as something acceptable, as something almost inevitable. And that is not our Catholic faith. But we also always offer compassion, right, love, and mercy to people in those very difficult situations. Also just want to briefly mention that you know, our Lord's words in the gospel today are not directly about those who just get divorced. They're about those who get divorced and then remarry civilly, right? So in in our language, we would talk about uh, somebody getting divorced and then getting married civilly outside of the church, right? Which is different than somebody going through the church, getting a decree of nullity, and then entering into a new marriage in the church, right? The church allows that, and that's uh, in agreement with our theology, right? And so just getting divorced, especially if it's not something that you wanted or you chose, uh, is not necessarily a sin. And it's not something that necessarily keeps somebody from receiving the sacraments. But getting divorced and then civilly remarried outside of the church uh, is directly contrary to our faith. And that prohibits somebody from receiving the sacraments. Again, these are controversial and countercultural teachings, right? But this is what Jesus has left us. And as his followers, we have to uh, hold true to what our Lord taught, trust in his grace to help us live it, and trust in his mercy uh, wherever we may have fallen short. I'm also going to bring up briefly another kind of difficult and controversial topic because we're beginning the month of October, which is uh, Respect Life Month in the church. And Bishop Vinke and the diocese and the church as a whole uh, during this month of October really wants to bring our attention to the reality uh, of the sins against life in our society. And the gravest without question is abortion. And again, we always offer compassion and love and mercy to anybody in these extremely difficult situations. But at the same time, we have to proclaim with love that abortion is evil. That is never acceptable under any circumstances. Most people probably don't know that on average, there's about 50 million abortions around the world every year. This is a, a horrific evil that we've kind of been numbed to. But especially during this month of respect life, right, the church is inviting us to really rededicate our efforts, especially of prayer, 
right? To pray uh, for all those involved, uh, all those suffering, all those in difficult situations, uh, that a culture of life would be promoted uh, in our society, right? But the ultimate solution to all of these uh, struggles in society in our own life uh, is ultimately spiritual, right? And so uh, we're called to turn to the Lord, to trust in his mercy, to turn to Our Lady. Uh, Bishop Vinky is inviting us, and we'll hear a message from him this month, but he's inviting us to pray the rosary every day this month, especially for uh, greater respect for the dignity of life, for an end to abortion, right? To turn to Our Lady uh, as Our Lady of the Rosary, as Our Lady of Life, asking for her to intercede for all marriages, all families, uh, all people, right? All mothers and fathers that are in difficult situations who need our help, who need our support, who need our prayers. Uh, This is what our Lord asks of us. We're called to proclaim the truth, uh, but to always do so with love, always do so with compassion and mercy.